if you love something, teach it to a friend. And I've always <laughs> been like, okay, well, um, I've been learning at the same uh, time from my friends, like, you know, the, you know, my teaching assistants and colleagues and, and, and that friendship was built through statistics. everyone and welcome back to WIST Talks. My name is Sarah Mansour and I'm a fourth year student studying math, statistics, and computer science. And I'm joined by my co-host Arita Kabir, who is a third year student majoring in computer science. Today we have Asal Asiman with us. Asal is an assistant professor here at UTM in the statistics department. Her current research focuses on examining the relationships between students' attitudes towards statistics, their past mathematics achievements, their statistics achievement, and their willingness to use statistics after leaving their introductory statistics course. So Asal, could you guide us through why you chose the field of stats and what your path to becoming an assistant professor is like at U of T? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me here on your podcast. I'm really excited. Uh, so yes, uh, actually my path I would have to draw back from my experience at high school level. I've uh, always liked arts and mathematics. And so I've always been interested into bringing these two disciplines together. And I think at the time, I wasn't recognizing that there is a field named statistic that you could do data visualization. But naturally, I was gravitating towards this discipline that I could make sense of data, perhaps using mathematics in a meaningful way. And, and that was always the goal for me. So how I can use my mathematics and my passion in, in the subject and also um, integrate um, art. Uh, and in particular, I loved painting and coloring. And I just wanted to bring all of those things together. And so when I entered university, I actually went to UTM uh, for my undergrad. And I believe still it says on my transcript, um, it was Rosie named at the time, um, it says um, uh, business studies, like I've entered in business studies. And there's a reason for it because when I was, you know, in my high school years, uh, early years in undergrad uh, studying, I was working full-time at Sears. Working at Sears at the time, I was a sales team leader. And that gave me um, the opportunity to kind of integrate this art and math because I had to uh, schedule staff at the right time, at a peak time. And I and there was something named called scope. And I and actually was, I think I was using statistics, but I didn't know that what would be optimum time to actually uh, schedule staff for promotions and whatnot. And so it was it was um, through um, business studies and working at Sears at the time I I thought, OK, well, I should study people. Right. And, and my passion had been always, you know, being a teacher at some point, but I knew I had to work along the way and do other things to get to that path. Um, but so I, I enrolled in psychology. So I do have an undergraduate uh, degree in psychology. And it was in psychology where I was looking at the academic calendar and it says you have to take SDA 220. And, and I enrolled in SDA 220. And that was where I really fell in love with statistics. And I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. Because at the high school level, uh, I, I was one of part of the group that I had to do grade 13, <laughs> OAC, they would call it. 
And the only, um, there was nothing named statistics. It was something called finite. And so I wasn't, like, I didn't know the name statistic or the field statistic. And when I was introduced to it through taking it because of my psych program, um, this is, I completely fell in love with it. And I said, this is where I can tell stories. I can use the context of the data. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's my path to really getting into statistics as a subject. And I, and that was it. And I said, this is it. We're going to study it. (laughs) That is so cool because as like learning more about different people and the way that people choose their paths is that it's, it's never like linear. Like it's always like you try something new and then you find out something else and then you try something new again. And then it just leads you to something that you were like, oh, this is, this is what I want for me. So that's, that's so cool. Oh, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) To hear that you didn't know what statistics was going into it. And now where you, where you are in statistics, it's really insane to hear. Like, it's so cool to think that you can just, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. I agree with you. Sometimes like, you know, not knowing and then having that to come to your path I mean, you have, you're working toward it, but when it comes to you, it makes more sense. You're like right in it. And it just, you, you just go along and you meet um, really interesting people and there's challenges on the way, <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 it's definitely meaningful. And that's what I wanted. And, and I think yeah. everybody can resonate with that. But speaking of challenges, I feel like it's something that we as women in STEM should like, it's something there's like a different level of challenge to it too which I was wondering if you could speak to like your experiences as a woman in STEM. There's always going to be challenges, right? So, and there is challenges from um, the start of, as I can go back as far as I can even remember myself. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I think now the, the way I like to speak about it is that um, it's important to recognize that there are challenges, but also it's important to show up. There had been figures and um, really prominent researchers and educators along my path who m- made um, this notion that these challenges are going to be there, right? So, but for, uh, for me was time where actually when I was um, doing my, so this is kind of going into how I got into graduate school. Um, when, I de- when I decided into going into PhD in education, at the time I had recognized the challenges, you know, being a woman in uh, STEM, um, but at the same time, the passion for statistics was just so much there that mm-hmm. wouldn't let me stop. Like I had to go through it. However, when I went to the program, um, it actually turned my vision in a completely different direction. I thought I had this because I thought I was always been passionate about statistics and teaching statistics, but um, it was just completely like the classrooms were very hard to understand in terms of theory and education. And I remember um, like this was my peak moment of challenges. And, uh, and so I was among a you know, group of uh, students where they come from different backgrounds, someone from social sciences, someone from humanities, where I was from purely from statistics and mathematics. And I had, in some ways, went to a different direction after t- you know, 
completing my, my master's in statistics, I went into um, education. Uh, so there was a moment that I just, you know, um, um, I went right outside the building, OAZ building. Uh, so OAZ is Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. Mm -hmm. And it was a cool day like a day like today, we are, you know, winter time. Um, and I sat on one of the benches outside, um, um, uh, you know, OEZ. And I actually started crying. <laughs> and I said, Oh, my goodness, uh, this is pretty challenging for me, the courses and the theory and education, I thought, and I said, Okay, universe, you have to give me a sign. And I've always been interested in science. Uh, and, uh, and I said, you have to give me a sign. Why do I, why did I arrive here? You know, what, like, what do you see in me that I have to like, what change or what thing that I should con contribute in my doctoral studies? And uh, the sun was really bright on that day, right? So I did, it, it, and it was, uh, and I was sitting on a bench and I saw the sign, the, the sun was shining on one uh, bench across me. And I said, okay, that's whatever it is that is shining on, that's the sign. <laughs> and I went toward it and I went toward the, the bench and there was a plaque and, and it said in memory of, uh, um, um, and, and these are actually the, I've actually have this, discuss this later with my uh, supervisor at the time. And he said, Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, McDougall, he said, put it in your thesis. <laughs> and then the plaque said, in proud memory of J. Roby Kidd and Margaret Eastwood Kidd, um, fierce, ad fierce advocates of public education and lifelong learning. And so I said, okay, so I'll get it together, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Everybody had challenges and I started studying who these individuals were. And I re recognized that, um, so Dr. Kitt, um, uh, Roby Kitt was the pioneer in adult education at OEZ. And uh, Dr. Margaret Easter Kitt was pioneer in early childhood education. And, and I recognized that they're the parents of, uh, of Professor Bruce Kitt, who was the principal at UTSC at the time. And I was a course instructor at UTSC and I thought, okay, maybe there's some connection there. <laughs> you know, there's something that's, you know, and, and I've um, adopted the, them as models that how they had to go through uh, challenges to create programs and advocate for public education and lifelong learning. So then at that moment, I just saw my duty that regardless of the challenges, uh, and whether I get a position, you know, sometimes I get a course instructor position sometimes and moving up to that uh, path to become an assistant professor, there's challenges, but I have to show up and I've been showing up and, um, and, and that's what I have been sort of working towards in terms of the challenges. Yeah. <laughs> Made my hairs like rise up, <laughs> my arms goosebumps. <laughs> That was really moving. That's wow. Yeah. I've always had a passion for teaching as well, ever since I was little. Um, I used to like sit my little brothers down and like teach them, <laughs> even though I was like five years old. Um, like I've always had a passion for teaching. So especially when I got my first um, TA position, like I was so thrilled because um, back then it was all in person too. So when I was doing Stats 258 for the first time, and I just felt like this is it, like, this is what I want to do, like, forever. Like, I just want to teach people and I want to teach people, like, stuff that I'm good at, which was, like, statistics and, like, math and stuff. And that's so cool to hear it from from someone who's at 
that position where you've already gone through all those challenges is kind of like no matter what else I have to go through like I just have to again like like you said like just show up and like just do just do the work and just keep yeah. on like, progressing so that's really that's really inspiring yeah it's yeah super- for sure indeed and um and of course it's been great working uh with Sarah and uh, <laughs> and le- recognizing all the, the ladies on this panel and it's been um great to see that when when passionate people come together then that's a very special <laughs> environment <laughs> to work in it you know so you feel um trusted and you can face challenges as they come so for sure I'll be looking for my sign from now on. Like I'll be looking for signs and <laughs> I'll look out for all the benches. It's really cool. They do have these plaques on them, right? So then yeah. you just, uh, you know, and it just you start learning about them, and uh, and then usually there's some information in the library archive. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of as far as I went with that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So how has your experience been so far, like teaching? specifically at U of T because you've been teaching here for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, um, so of course, the way in which teaching came um, as a privilege, I feel like it's as a special sort of uh, contribution of something that I could do and express and, you know, be me. It's been uh, definitely a great uh, uh, journey. And of course, it has had its challenges with changes and things that we have, we are going through, even especially with the online teaching and um, and transitioning back to in person. But um, with the uh, the experience, just like you, um, Sarah. So the way it came, you know, to me that once I started understanding, there's a field in statistics, and it was. It was sort of this connection of oneness with the subject <laughs> where it came in. And, um, and I, uh, at the time, uh, so I have to you know, mention these very uh, special educators that they actually provided me with this opportunity. I mean, back in my time, um, the, for example, this is going back to year 2006 when I started being a TA. And so the classroom, for example, for regression was 33 students in the class. And so it was, you would get to know everybody in the class almost, you know, if you were to show up in the class. So for what I was taking SDA 220, um, there were, um, and I was very um, excited about the class once I started understanding the subject. And I would remember I would sit at the front, like I was one of those students <laughs> sit at the front. And I was just very excited to, and Professor Fraser, Olga Fraser, who's retired, and she's been teaching that, uh, she had taught uh, SDA 220 for years and years. And um, having to teach that course, whether across different campus, I always feel like that connection to her and her teaching. And I've always been very excited about what, when I would go to her class, what questions she would ask. And, and I wanted to answer right away. And I think she recognized that in, in, in me at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, and of course I was again, working uh, full time at the time and trying to balance that between um, work and um, studies, but passion for teaching was always there. Um, and, uh, and I've actually talked about this with Professor Fraser. I remember going to her office hours and I would say that, 
um, you know, I've got um, three of my aunts were teachers. And just like you were saying, Sarah, that you play school, I would, you know, model school for, for my cousins. And, uh, and I would just always wanted to be a, a teacher. But and I and Professor Fraser was uh, a great listener. And she would see that how I would uh, adapt and I would be very excited about questions. And so, um, and and so any is so when when the moment where the, the the her test came in, there was a midterm test, and I still remember I I have um, her paper. It was is a yellow uh, midterm paper. She would, used to print them on colors, <laughs> and my test was yellow. And when she uh, returned the test to me, and she said, uh, "You've got the highest mark in the class," and that was the moment. Uh, the reason I say that that was the moment that I felt that um, I've got, like I'm going to be in statistics and teaching statistics forever. Like that's gonna that's gonna stay with me. And and then you know, and but I I like it's sort of you've had it. And a year later, she sent me an email. I remember this exact uh, moment uh, that it was August time before she would recruit her TAs. Um, and she said that she would like to have me as her TA. And I had been her TA during my undergrad and graduate studies for seven years. And, um, and then, then because I wanted to learn more in statistics, um, then I had applied to master's uh, of science and statistics, but I also applied to Teachers College at the time too, um, mm -hmm. because that was always the goal to get into like you know to Teachers College and teach mathematics and art because I had the two teachable. But um, um, so I got admitted to both, and I was at the time I uh, um, and I had gone um, gone an experience from other uh, professors. There are other the two uh, professors at UTM. Um, another one is just retired this year, um, Professor Allison Weir. She also um, taught many statistic courses, and I became her TA for a variety of statistic courses. And she had a very talented way of asking very interesting question, had humor in it. And I loved how I was learning from, from them. And another um, professor who is on his sabbatical this year, Professor Jerry Bruner, taught more of upper year courses in statistics, and and I um, and he uh, has this. You have to work on his assignments a lot, <laughs> and but then you discover things in a meaningful way. So I had all of these things, and I was so much wanting to do more at UFT, right? And at the time, I was very ready to decide. Well, where do I want to go? And when I went into the an event session held at OEC, I. Um, um, uh, asked and I said I've got into the both programs and what should I do and this is my path I want to be you know teaching statistics and uh, the person who was running the program at the time said well I you should go for your master's and then you can always come with more knowledge and apply back to OEC and I said okay I'll do that <laughs> I really needed guidance because I didn't know which one to choose and then I was um, able to do more TAing like you during my graduate studies and I got to know another person I got to know who really um, um, had a profound um, um, sort of uh, uh, creating experience for me during my graduate um, uh, studies was uh, uh, Professor Allison Gibbs. 
and um, she's the director at the uh, uh, CTSI at the uh, UFT Downtown Center for uh, Teaching. Sorry, I know all these acronyms now and I forgot <laughs> what they are, but um, she was, uh, the way she came in, again, I was always interested in this really special teachers and the way she came in into the classroom I just said, I, I love the way she's teaching. And it was a statistic consulting course where we had to work on statistical projects. And she uh, was uh, very um, uh, knowledgeable in different uh, statistical methods that you could use and teaching it in a way that um, we can apply it into the project. So, and I said, okay, these are the things that I would love to do. And um, and so I got to know more people along the way, and I've took another course uh, during my uh, graduate studies with Professor Mike Evans. He was teaching um, um, a, um, uh, it was basically, an in, uh, for me, was um, introducing me to the Bayesian statistics. It was a very theoretical course. Um, and um, and very, it's, it's definitely something I would recommend students in statistics to take. And I've got to know um, him, and he was so he has been affiliated with the um, Scarborough campus. And this was when I talked to him about again my career path. I would not shy away from, from you know talking about my career path. And he provided me with the opportunity to teach as a course instructor at Scarborough. Oh, wow. to which to which I had to learn to get my G2 because I was driving from Mississauga <laughs> to Scarborough. And I said, whatever it takes for teaching, I'm going to do it. And I learned how to drive on the highway. <laughs> so I thought it wasn't for that. I wouldn't. But no, it was very special. And the way he he actually interviewed me on the phone for for the course instructor position. And I remember the day and he then he really cared for who would he recruit even as graduate students teaching a course. So that's how the journey has been, like moving from TA ship to getting to know lots of uh, people and looking for support and being very um, um, genuine about it. And, and then from then, then now I've got the uh, you know, assistant professorship as a contract base and I'm here now at UTM. <laughs> Wow. During the pandemic, I should say, it's, it's, it's an entirely <laughs> different experience teaching now we're teaching online. The path of actually all those things you have to do to really like get to the professor, the level of actually teaching statistics, it comes from like starts off with passion and then it actually like when you work on it and you like make those small changes in your lifestyle to like learning to drive on the highway and all that. It's <laughs> really a big thing when you think about it, like how life, everything sort of has to move in a certain direction for you to get where you're going. And like, oh, again, for, sure. for sure, you have to because you you take that the job offer and then you say oh I gotta there's there's other things that you have to put it put it in a row right so yeah. you have to sort of say okay well I really want this but now I have to learn other things to make sure to secure it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly again, you have to show up which is I you think have to show up exactly you yeah. have to show up <laughs> do you mind speaking on your research right now it's a very interesting topic and we'd love to learn more about it Yes. So I was just um, sometimes from time to time, I go back and I take a look at my statement of intent <laughs> from graduate, because uh, sometimes, you know, when I um, write reference letters and I say, let me just take a look and see how I actually articulated my 
state mental intact. And actually, it's been there, this research project idea of looking at um, looking at students' attitudes and how that relates to their uh, statistics learning um, uh, was sort of worded differently in that statement of intent. I think mm. when I was TAing, and I think Sarah and uh, others who are TAing, you, it, you know, you could see that as, as a TA, you could get to see like really, mm. you get to see how students are learning. Yeah. Um, and that's a very pure experience. You know, you're connected to the students, you're, you're also students and you see mm. that. And what I experienced at the time, I was like, how could this be? I'm so passionate about this subject. I love it. Um, and students, especially the ones who are non-statistics majors or specialists, and these students are, for example, from biology, they come from biology program and social science and whatnot. Uh, most of them are very uh, hard workers. They want to do well. And let's say they do very well in statistics, but they still don't like it. And I was like, that's not really nice <laughs> you know um so i i we should do something there's probably something that you could do and again uh partly again i think that must have been the psychology major where i had in me where i wanted to study people of their behaviors and what what should we do mm-hmm. and so again again this was just right in at the time so i had um it, during my master's again um it was very course-based I, you know, projects that you do. And again, working with Professor Gibbs at the time, she was doing a project, uh, she was working on a project on um, uh, where looking at students' attitude towards statistics, where she had uh, flipped the classroom, which, you, you know, this is before mm-hmm. pandemic, and right now it doesn't seem so um, different now, but at the time was very, very new in terms of looking at, um, and they have created uh, vid- videos and the videos are available on MOOC and I think you can actually access them through YouTube where um, she was interested in looking at students' attitudes, the same same idea, but was very well articulated. And so I became a research assistant and I thought, okay, well, this is definitely a great example I should carry forward and, um, and study that. And so that became part of my wording it into my doctoral thesis and um, and of course, you know, looking to find and there were again challenges there to looking to find the right supervisor to actually see that you could do what like I clearly knew what I wanted to do at the point when I was my PhD. I said, this is where I want to study. And um and I, again, I had a very good support um, in, in, in that um, w- where um, I had the opportunity to, to meet the right um, supervisor, Professor Doug McDougall. And, and, and these things are special, like it might, like it's special for me to say, because when I wanted to, you know, conduct the research, I really wanted to get really good support. So when I met Professor Doug McDougall, and that was the time I had challenges and I had to, you know, find a right supervisor. Um, I had my, my connection with statistics that I, where I wanted to conduct the study, but I, you need a supervisor to actually, you have to write an ethics because as an under, as, as, sorry, as a graduate student, you have to be supervised by somebody to actually send that 
um, this research topic to the ethics board. So um, anyways, and for other reasons, you definitely, for many, many important reasons, you need a supervisor. And I remember there was an event at OEZ and um, OEZ conducts lots of events. And I had, and everyone said, I should talk to Dr. McDougall, Professor McDougall. And I went in and he was so polite. Like he, the way he, uh, he, well, let's say acknowledged a woman in STEM, like he was so polite, he shook my hand and, and it was just like, oh, I think I can carry this research with him. He will support me. Like I knew this is what I want, wanted. And I would, and I learned a lot, like in terms of how he would tell me. So he became my supervisor and he connected me with very good people. And, and, and in terms of how to read the literature and how to conduct the studies and, and really finishing in that time frame. Of course, when you finish your PhD, it's kind of like a, um, uh, uh, it's as a, let's call it a pilot study. <laughs> and then when you're actually now become, um, uh, let's say you're at the, the job, now you would send your ethics protocol yourself. You know, you don't need, you would have to still get permission from let's say your faculty advisor and then also let your chair of your department know. Um, but so it's been, so that the project itself now, this research, um, so I have been, what I've came to understand in, in, in statistic education that there is a really cool strategy looking at um, uh, integrating course project. Now, I should say that without the help of my TAs, this would not work out like in the classrooms <laughs> because if I want to, for example, see the impact of creating a course project that can assess a student's attitudes in connection with their um, statistics learning. Well, I need support. Again, I need to find people like Sarah, you know, and all the other TAs that I've had that they've, um, they can understand that, oh, yes, you know, we can, we can create a course project, make it student driven, like make it relevant, you know, um, so that student can see the connection um, in, in statistics. And, and so where I'm at right now, I have a lot of data, <laughs> tremendous number of data. And I've started to look at data that it's been collected from last year for one of the courses. But I'm hoping that I would get, so it's, I'm still in a waiting time to see um, what would be the outcome of looking into have uh, student researchers involved to look at the amount of data that is being collected. And yes, so th there's many things have been, you know, like I, I done through this course project and I don't know to what level you would like to hear about it, but, uh, but right now it's lots of data is collected and I'm very excited to get students involved. And um, um, one of the things that um, also it would be interesting to look at as you know, Sarah, again, it's just, or, or actually uh, Arita, because uh, you know that it, you've uh, taken a course with me uh, in that students um, as part of sort of an end project create these video, video presentation. And, um, and so before this uh, integration of presenting your course project, uh, working with your peers, um, 
it it it, it, it at, at something I did at Scarborough campus more so and at St. George downtown, students would um would be invited to integrate art <laughs> into wow. and I wanted to kind of see what if that helps, if that makes it anything um interesting for them. So I've got a collection of poems and um, models and and songs. And a student wrote a song and composed it and sang it. And then I've had a student who created a a dollhouse representing domestic uh, violence. And like, I mean, something, a scenery that is very sad, right? And, and then integrating statistics, but showing it, like really going to that level. And, um, and, and then also that song, like, like seeing how, you know, it's about the line fits. <laughs> it's so regression line. <laughs> and to see how that you connect, you know, kind of going into this, there, this is really special. So when you could see that students who are making meaning out of statistics, they're behaving differently in, you know, or, or not different, like in the way they are with understanding statistics, these are all really interesting data to write about. And so that's, that's my next, so I have to get on to this and, and write about them and hopefully have student researchers on board so that we can um, write about many things that has been collected and disseminate those. The very first point you mentioned about how there's like students from different like majors and minors that come so for example when we do like stats 215 when I've TA with you for that um like as a TA that I've I've TA for both like stats 215 and 258 where like stats 258 comes from stats students and there's mostly stats students in that course whereas 215 there's biology and chemistry and physics and economics and there's so many different types of majors and minors in that in that course but I've found that whenever I do TA for Stats 215, there's still some very, very good grades in that course. And it's just because a lot of those students, like you said, they're just such hard workers. Like they come from a background where they still put in a lot of work in their other majors um, or in their other courses that they are actually majoring in. So when they come to a course like Stats that they don't necessarily um, have a passion for like we do, they, they still put in the effort and they still understand the material just as, as a regular stats student would. So that's really interesting to see it that way. And also, I've never taken a course with you. I've always TA'd for you. And that kind of always made me sad <laughs> because your course projects, like all every semester that I have TA'd for you, all your course projects were so cool. And um, I could actually like see how the students were. A lot of groups would, whenever they would, um, you know, go into like their breakout rooms and then I would like go and check up on them. Like they would be interacting so well with each other and they'd be like, yeah, like we got everything down. We're just kind of finishing up. And they'd like, it seemed like they were having a good time with it, especially when it was like stuff that um, I think in a Rita semester, um, when, when they actually got to pick the topics themselves, I think that like they really, really enjoyed that. And it made them like a lot more interested in that. So I remember every time I would go to like breakout rooms, like everyone would be like um, talking about it and like interacting and stuff, which was really, really cool because otherwise um, I feel like it is important, especially with with professors like you that actually encourage that too, because sometimes it can just feel like you're just writing tests and quizzes and assignments and assignments that are just, you know, very generic. Like there's no, like there's no creativity to it. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I think that's really cool.
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, for providing that insight. And, 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 and truly, I mean, when I say that it's it, this model would, would, like would work or this idea that we would work with the help of the TAs would see that. And, and you're absolutely right. Exactly what I've observed with the sort of students with the in, in the non-statistics uh, major uh, versus students in our group and um, how you could see the level of passion when they are in the project. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to read some of the uh, qualitative data that has been collected from students from SDA 258 students. And um, so this this year we did that, Arita, because I've got ethics approved to include SDA 258 students. And so what they're saying, things like um, uh, that uh, it, it gives them, it's almost like working in a group. It's something that they can get ready for like once they finish uh, their university education and um, how they should be professionals. <laughs> and I thought that's, uh, I mean, that's just, honestly, I have a hundred pages because, you know, there were so, you know, there were 170 students in the class and they were asked 10 questions. So there's pages and pages of data to go through. Um, but it's, and it, exactly, it's, it's, it's really, it, it does make it, interesting and fun, but also it's very hard work, you know, to have come to that. Like, you know, when we allowed students to create their own project, like student driven, and um, it was very engaging. Office hours were very, very engaging, right? Every time, like you, yeah. came in, you had to pick the project. And I have to say, it was very ambitious to do that in a 500 plus class because there were three sections. Yeah, I can't and, imagine. <laughs> But you guys adopted, like you've you've taken it, and it was at the time working. Mm -hmm. um, but it it that that in itself needs to be be visited again, and how mm -hmm. each project should be holistically guided, mm -hmm. um, and looking at perhaps what, what was the statistical question and what to do. And this, and I do want to integrate saying this because. Um, when I was, so most of these ideas I've learned because I had to read about literature in education, okay? And the very first um, sort of, uh, so I would go to people's dissertation and there was a dissertation that I've liked by Melissa Novak and, and she had integrated course project into her um, classroom. And the student had a selection to choose like three different types. Um, and so, and, that, and this was when I've reached to that level, bringing all the things, the signs and everything together, this was in 2015. And um, our president, uh, President Gettler, had uh, announced this, um, so I've had it written down here so I can make, say it rightly, but there was something called the three priorities in um, undergraduate education. And the third one really resonated with me. And I said, okay, if I would have to say what I'm, re you know, what I'm doing, it should, it, 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 it should align. And I'll do my best to align it uh, with this, the, the, the number three priority, which was, which he said, reimagine and reinvent undergraduate education. Now, what it means, he talked about uh, lifetime success, um, you know, seeing the real world application, um, research-based learning. So um, all of these sounded amazing at the time. <laughs> I 
I would say, this is it. This is what, and I would be very passionate to whomever who came across, you know, faculty would say, hey, that's how we working on. And I would say, this is, this is it. You know, this, you know, this is what we're doing. Reimagining, edu- you know, education. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's a bit hard. Cause if you are work, if you're, you know, teaching a classroom and you're the only instructor, so there you go. But if you, the challenge is that that's not challenge as much. The challenge is how you see another your co-instructor perspective, and then you say what you worked with, you know, you've done, and then hear their ideas and see any hesitancy, um, and and say, okay, well, I've got the background in education, but also you haven't been doing this, but you've been doing wonderful. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. How are you going to negotiate those things? Um, it, it's best to right get to it and say, this is what you do and what do you think about it? And then we can work and this is the pros and consequences of doing this, but, but always coming back to say, um, you know, reimagining, right? So, so that basically create being creative, but in another nice, you know, in a more strategic way to say it is to say, we are reimagining our classroom. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, then you have um, um, perhaps beginning that conversation that you can work well with, you know, you, with with another instructor, um, yeah. you know, so for example, and, you know, if you have to teach us a course again, but yes, uh, so um, hopefully <laughs> in the near future, like Sarah, you get to, we, we get to work on other things that you could see, um, you know, um, it, yeah. there, but. The reimagination <laughs> of it. You the know? reimagining the future, yes. I personally had such a great time. I think Stats 258 with you was one of like the most enjoyable stats courses I've done because I'm doing a stats minor right now. And it was, our project was on ramen, like ramen (laughs) production around the world. There's a lot of students that did ramen. (laughs) It was so much fun to really like collect the data, like clean it up and like visualize it in all the ways we could. And I feel like it taught us so many valuable skills, but in the same time, I we just had such good repertoire with our group member, with my group members in specific, because we just had this understanding of, yeah, we're working on something we're all mutually interested in. And it was just such a great time. Like, honestly, like I learned so much and it was so enjoyable at the same time. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that it worked out uh, very well for you. This is really great to hear. Motivating for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being, talking to us today and giving us so much of your insight on your life and just your academic journey and everything. So yeah, we really appreciate having you here today. Yeah, it was just so nice to meet you, Professor. It honestly was, this was really fun. <laughs> doing like- oh, well, it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure and uh, to, um, to be talking to you. And, um, and, and for, for me, it's always, um, again, for me, it's been, like there's a quote that I always carry and uh, with me again comes from Margaret Easto Kid that and I always think about this when I meet me like um, you know new teaching assistants or colleagues and so on uh, you know we're essentially work you know, talking statistics and it's our same language that connects us together but this quote was very special for me which is um if you love something teach it to a friend and I've always <laughs> been like okay well um I've been learning at the same uh, time from my friends like you know the you know my teaching assistants and mm-hmm. colleagues and 
And, and that friendship was built through statistics, but the code is actually was from uh, Margaret Eastukid, and that has been um, um, uh, always been carried over. And I found, thank you so much for allowing me to be still be me. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's been great uh, connecting and getting to know you and, uh, and see uh, how you guys shine also <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm.